0: Bismillah. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salam. a Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa 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 alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala, wa barakatuh. This wa is very full, wa 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 inshallah, today we're continuing with hadith number 18, and this hadith comes from two different, uh, أصحاب uh, Sahabiyyan, you could say, two different Sahaba. They are uh, Abu Dhar, uh, رضي الله تعالى عنه, and Mu'adh ibn Jabal, رضي الله تعالى عنه. And, you know, they have differences in terms of strength of the chain of narration, but together, collectively, uh, they become stronger. And this hadith goes as follows. The Prophet ﷺ said, what? اتق الله حيث ما كنت واتبع السيئة الحسنة تمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن That اتق الله حيث كنت Have fear of Allah wherever you are. That follow up a bad deed with a good deed. It will will erase it and wipe it out. And And have good character. This is a very comprehensive hadith. It subhanAllah covers many different big broad topics. It's very comprehensive advice that you can give to somebody. And we will see how it uh, comes together inshallah ta'ala. So the first portion of it. Uh, Taqwa, the first question comes from, where does this word taqwa come from? It actually comes from the three trilateral root of waqafiya, wiqaya, wiqaya means protection, and ittaqiyattaqi uh, means self-protection. Right? It's the eighth pattern, if you will. Anyway, it's it's one of the patterns in Arabic that implies self-protection, and so the idea is that self-protection or self-preservation. So when somebody says ittaqillah, it means protect yourself. Or preserve yourself or keep yourself guarded from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, more specifically, from the wrath of Allah ta'ala. From the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, what it means is that shield yourself from Allah's punishment by performing the obligations and avoiding the prohibitions. Now, obviously, Allah ta'ala is not maliciously looking for someone to punish. If Allah ta'ala wanted, he would punish all of us, no problem. The issue is that do something that will protect yourself from what? Deserving it. That's the whole idea. That obviously, Allah ta'ala is going to give those who do evil exactly what they deserve. So behave in such a way where what you deserve is good instead of evil That's the idea here And now the word Haythuma means wherever But it can also be in, understood as whenever And when you bring these two together Ultimately the implication is In whatever condition you're in So have the protect yourself from Allah Or guard yourself Or have fear of Allah Ta'ala In whatever condition that you are in Haythuma uh, kunta Kana yakunu So kunta uh, is the past tense of Wherever you were Meaning wherever you are Now What does this mean in whatever state that you're in? There's many different ways of interpreting this. Uh, Some of them, for example, are when you're with people versus when you're alone try to have the same level of taqwa whether you're with people or whether you're with all by yourself try to still have that same level of taqwa of Allah or another interpretation is what when you're in prosperity versus when you're going through trials and difficulties whether they be financial, physical, emotional whatever the case is always try to have the taqwa of Allah never allow yourself to say oh I have lots of money therefore I can break all the rules or I have no money I'm going through hardships therefore I can break all the rules or whatever the case is so try not to allow these circumstances to shift your core values and another perspective another perspective is what? That uh, fear Allah Ta'ala whether you are around righteous people or around evil people, whether you're in good company or bad company, try to maintain that fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know that obviously if you're alone, you might feel like, well, nobody's watching. But no, obviously Allah Ta'ala is watching. Or when you're with bad people, the influence might be such that you start to behave like them as well. And so we should remember that the ultimate objective is to be somebody who your values and your core principles are so fundamental and so firmly rooted that they aren't going to become malleable according to your environment. That's the main objective. You don't want your core values and principles to be malleable based on your environment. They they should be something that is firm and fixed, inshallah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala mentions in Surah An nisa uh, بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم, يستخفو, uh, يستخفون uh, they conceal their evil deeds and their uh, intentions from the people, but they cannot conceal them from Allah. He is with them when they spend the night in such doing what is not pleasing to Allah. In speech, when people spend all night talking about this, that, and the other, backbiting, saying all sorts of evil things, yeah, you might think that you can keep that private from the masses. But you cannot keep that private from Allah Taala, and Allah is ever all encompassing of what they do. So Subhanallah, Allah Taala is warning you of this type of behavior. And there's a specific dua. It's a very, very beautiful dua that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made. It's part of a lengthy hadith uh, which is found in Sunnah and Nasa'i. It's a Hasan hadith. But one portion of this dua, I don't want to go through the whole thing. One portion of this dua is so beautiful. It's Wa Asaluka فِي Fil وَالشَّهَادِ Beautiful dua that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is asking. What? Oh Allah, I ask you that I have your fear, that I fear you both in privacy and in public. In secret and in public, I oh Allah, give me your khashyah khashyatak. Give me your the fear of you and the awe of you and your reverence, whether I am in public or whether I'm in private. Ya Allah, I want to have that khashyah that fear and that awe of you in all states. Now, when it comes to this concept of taqwa, one beautiful thing that Surah Shu'ara does an amazing job of doing is that Surah Shu'ara in particular, it demonstrates that taqwa was the central call of all Anbiya, all Anbiya, and Allah Ta'ala you know, gives the case study of so many different Anbiya in this particular Surah, so you find that Allah Ta'ala says at the, near the beginning of Surah Shu'ara and then it continues throughout, so for instance you have Musa an qauma And mention when your Lord called Musa alayhi salam saying go to these wrongdoing evil people, the people of Fir'aun, will they not fear? and the implication is will they not fear allah but the name of allah taala is not mentioned ala yattaqun can also be understood as will you not behave in a way that demonstrates self preservation will you not behave in a way that has fear of the consequences why are you essentially you know drunk at the wheel sort of so to speak you're just so uh, you know you have this concept that like i'm untouchable nothing bad can happen i feel invincible i can do whatever i want have a little bit of self preservation ala yattaqun ala yattaqun will they not have fear Will you not recognize that this will lead to negative consequences? Don't you know that Allah is in charge? Don't you know that these evil, this evil behavior will have negative consequences in dunya and in akhira? So that's the call of Musa. Later on you find what? Nuh. When their brother Nuh said to them, Will you not have fear? Will you not uh, have self-preservation? Will you not pay attention to what you're doing? Ala tattakun. Well then again, وَإِذْ قَالَ لَهُمْ أَخُوهُمْ هُودٌ أَلَا تَتَّقُونَ Their brother Hud said to them, Will you not fear Allah? This is how each of the stories begin. Each of the stories right near the beginning of each of these narrations when Allah Ta'ala describes these different prophets and how they came to their people. You see one after the other, the beginning, the starting, is what? Asking about taqwa. So it's so beautiful because it's teaching us what this is the central consistent theme throughout all of history from all Mbiyat. Again and again and again, you find what and then again. So Subhanallah, you find that with. Ibrahim, Musa, uh, with Musa Nuh Huda, Huda, Salih Lut and Shu'aib What? You find this idea of will you not have taqwa, self-preservation and fear of the consequences of what you're doing. And the implication is fear of Allah subhanahu wa taala. What's even more powerful? It's a question. What does a question imply? It implies a conversation. You're not just saying, which is good, by the way. And I'm not saying it's wrong to say, obviously, this hadith says, right? Fear Allah wherever you are. So the command is good. But it's really deep to think that it's not just the command, it's the question. The question demands a back and forth. It demands a conversation. What are you doing? How are you behaving? Don't you realize this is dangerous? What do you think is going to be the consequence of what you're doing? What do you think, you know, this is going to result in? Are you paying attention to your behavior? And the idea is what? That by asking them, you could say it's a rhetorical question, which is, which is valid. But at the same time you could say that it's uh, uh, as well uh, a question to genuinely bring up a conversation and to actually go back and forth and really get into the person's head and make them consider themselves what are they doing and how are they behaving. Abu Darda says something تَمَمُ التَّقْوَى أَن يَتَّقِيَ اللَّهُ عَبْدُ حَتَّى يَتَّقِيَهُ مِن مِثْقَالِ ذَرَّةٍ وَحَتَّى يَتْرُكَ بَعْضَ مَا يَرَى أَنَّهُ حَلَالٌ خَشَّةً أَن يَكُونَ حَرَامًا حِجَابًا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْحَرَام Abu Darda he says that the part of the perfection of taqwa is that the slave of Allah, he fears Allah to the point that he fears Him regarding even the smallest of things and even to the point of leaving that which he knows to be halal uh, out of fear that it could possibly be haram as a barrier between him and the haram. And actually, I just had a, a class with some of the students and we were talking about some of these uh, uh, hadith where, you know, uh, for example, uh, there's a narration of Umar Ibn al-Khattab who he was mentioning how one time he saw a bunch of people from a distance and they they were around a fire. And instead instead of saying, Ya Ahlul Nar, because you see, Ya Ahlun Nar doesn't sound very nice, he said, Ya Ahlul daw right? Because he didn't want them to be offended. If you say, Oh people of the fire, it sounds like you're saying, Oh people who's going who are going to hell, right? Ahlun Nar is a term that is well known to mean people of the hellfire, right? So instead of saying Ya nahr, even though there are nahr, they're people around a fire. But instead of saying, he said, ya Oh, people of the light. Right? So he's trying to be polite. We know the famous narration of Al-Hasan wal Al-Husayn Radhi They were once uh, making wudu. They saw a man making wudu in an in in, imperfect in way. And so to say, they have all the right in the world to just say, that's wrong. But because they're younger, he's older, they feel embarrassed. They say, uncle, uncle, please tell us which one of us is doing it better? And then, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong, or is he doing it wrong, who's doing it wrong? So they both competed to do it, and then the man, he was smart enough to say, you know what guys, I think I'm the one doing it wrong. So subhanAllah, he had the humility, but they approached it in the most humble of ways, subhanAllah. So it's very, very beautiful. So the idea is what, that sometimes you leave off things that even though you're in the right, but just out of fear of Allah Ta'ala, this is the perfection of taqwa. What are the results of taqwa? Having this fear of Allah Ta'ala SubhanAllah the Qur'an is very clear About this concept It talks about it a lot So I'm going to go through You could say the top 10 beautiful things The results of taqwa And I'll go through these quickly Inshallah Ta'ala Number one You can benefit from Allah's guidance And what is the implication? You will not benefit from Allah's guidance If you have no taqwa And that's why Allah Ta'ala begins Surah Al-Baqarah ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه للناس لا this is only guidance for who? This Qur'an, there's no doubt in it but it's only guidance for the muttaqin. Why? Because if I give you the best instructions but you don't care about instructions it's not going to have any benefit Only if you're genuinely interested in getting good instructions you want to protect yourself, you want to live a good lifestyle and then I hand you the best instructions you'll say, oh, let me read this but the person who reads all the best instructions all the best advice all the most, the most amount of wisdom but he couldn't care less he has no ability to protect and stop himself from evil he just jumps into every evil He jumps into every desire Even if he knows everything that he's doing is wrong He doesn't care, he won't do anything So this will only have benefit for the people of taqwa That's number one Number two is what? Allah will accept your deeds In other words, if you don't have taqwa Your deeds will not be accepted Allah says Indeed Allah only accepts From those people who have taqwa Allah Ta'ala will give you discernment in life You know sometimes you have to make decisions And you're not sure Should I do this, should I do that I wish I had more clarity Allah Ta'ala says Oh you have believed If you fear Allah If you have taqwa of Allah Ta'ala, he will grant you a criterion. He will give you clarity in your decisions. Allah Ta'ala will be with you. And this ma'iyya means like with you in support and so on and so forth. Allah says, inna allaha ma'al Allah is indeed with those who have taqwa. Allah says also that he gives his support, allegiance and loyalty. Allah says, wallahu Allah will give his allegiance and be the protector of those who have taqwa. Allah will give you his love. Allah says what? inna allaha yuhibbul muttaqin?" SubhanAllah, so many ayat. And number seven, Allah Ta'ala says what? He will give you a way out. Out of difficult circumstances. Whoever fears Allah, He will give him a way out. He will find for him a way out of whatever circumstances you are in. Allah Taala will make things easy for you. Whoever has fear of Allah, He will make for his his matters. He will make them easy for him. And in the end, you will always be victorious. Allah says, "We are the ones who provide for you, and the best of outcomes in the end is always for at-taqwa, for the people of righteousness." that's number 9 and finally number 10 all those are have to do with dunya from 1 to 9 all has to has to do with dunya number 10 has to do with the akhirah which is what in the akhirah your sins will be expiated you will be entered into paradise your Rewards will be magnified and in, 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 enlarged and magnified, and you will be close to Allah Ta'ala. Allah says, Whoever fears Allah, he will remove his misdeeds and he will magnify his reward. Allah says, Indeed, for the righteous, they will be with their Lord in the gardens of pleasure. And of course, Allah says at the end of Surah Qamar fi uh, That indeed Indeed, Indeed the righteous will be among the gardens and rivers in the seats of honor uh, near the al Malik, -malik, meaning the king and the sovereign, and Muqtadir, the perfect inability, close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are the benefits of having taqwa. And keep in mind, this doesn't mean you have to do things that are above and beyond. Give all your money away and live like an ascetic and like, you know, just, you know, stay up all night and fast all day. No, we're not saying, we're saying just have the ability to try your best to stay away from evil. Try to stay within the limits of Allah. Try to, do your try to do your obligations and when it comes to evil try to stay away this is having taqwa so it's not something that is impossible to achieve you might say to yourself oh but I am going to make some mistakes that's true so what do you do when you make mistakes? the second part now since inevitably you are a human being you will make mistakes part two of the hadith says what? follow up an evil deed with a good deed and it'll wipe it out this is uh how do we know that this is the case because Allah Ta'ala mentions it in the Quran Allah says إِنَّ hasanat yudhibna السَّيِّئَاتِ that indeed good deeds will wipe away misdeeds so subhanallah there are different ways of sins being removed and these are both mentioned in uh, a very uh, in, in the Quran Allah Ta'ala mentions a specific dua Allah says rabbana faghfir lana dhunubana wa yukfir anna sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'al so you notice that there's two two ways of being forgiven that O oh, our lord Forgive us for our sins and remove from us, do expiation, takfir, right? Give us the kafara for our misdeeds. So what's the difference here between a kafara and maghfira? What's the difference between, between forgiveness and the expiation? So, because the ayah mentions both, so clearly there must be a difference. Otherwise it would be redundant and the Quran doesn't have redundancy within it. So you always have to, whenever you see something, it looks like it's two things, twi- uh, mentioning two things you know, just just repetitiously, always dig a little deeper and you find out, no, expiation implies what? That this is happening through you. In other words, either you do a good deed to wipe out the old bad deed, or you go through a hardship, you get sick, I don't know, your car breaks down, you go through a heartbreak, whatever the case is, whatever difficulty you go through, even the pricking of a thorn on your foot, it is going to expiate some of your sins. So whether it's you doing good or bad happening to you, this is a a kefar, this is an expiation of the sins. That's regarding you. But... Maghfirah, forgiveness, that comes from Allah Ta'ala And so that's why you ask for it first That, oh Allah, without me doing anything, just forgive me And this is purely from Allah's mercy, subhanAllah So these are two different ways that forgiveness can be earned And this is something that we should be very quick to do This is something that you want to do as soon as possible Whenever you do an evil deed, what do you want to do? You want to follow it up with good And there's a lot of wisdom behind this We're going to talk about that in a second But uh, uh, um, subhanAllah, just to uh, mention a very a beautiful uh, hadith in regard to this, that the Prophet wasallam he mentioned, uh, وقال, فقال, that a man came to the Prophet and said, Ya رسول الله, I have committed an offense which deserves a punishment. So impose it upon me. This young man, he did something, and he didn't doesn't mention what, and that's actually kind of important. He doesn't mention what he did. So the Prophet wasallam hears this and says, قال, Oh then the, the narrator mentions قال, uh salatu fa sala sallallahu, inni asabtu kitabullah. So they went, they prayed their salah, because it was the time of I think I believe Asr. The time of prayer came in, they went to go do their prayer, and then when the Prophet ﷺ came out of the masjid, he again comes to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, I did something that deserves a punishment. Please give me the punishment, uh, you know, according to the had according to the punishment of Allah uh, and his messenger, I want the punishment done to me. So the Prophet says, قَالَ, uh, قال uh, هل, حضر, uh, هل, هَلْ حَضَرْتَ Meaning, Did you attend the prayer with us? قَالَ نَعْمِ He said, yes, I did pray with you. قَالَ قَدَ غُفِرَ لَكَ He said, you've been forgiven. So now this hadith, there's lots of commentary on it, but one implication here is that the man didn't mention what sin he committed. And therefore, you know, if there were no witnesses of what he did, and he doesn't say explicitly what he did, it's not the state's, and obviously the Prophet is here acting as the as the state on behalf of the state. He is the, he is the government at this point. So the Prophet it's not the, the, the job of the state to go searching, saying, really, what did you do? Really? Is there any evidence for it? Let me get corroborating witnesses. It's not the the job of the state to go searching for these things. So the idea is that people are going to do sins on their own, and they should seek forgiveness on their own. Now, uh, uh, now if you do something publicly then yes of course the had is going to be established on you because now you're having a very negative impact on society you are creating the moral degradation of society and so forth however if you do something privately it seems that the Prophet ﷺ is saying listen did you pray and now I don't know what it was was it a major sin was it a minor sin I don't even need to know did you pray Do you feel you? feel and clearly the man was remorseful clearly he felt bad and so that in of itself is enough to say what that okay uh, you know uh, inshallah uh, Allah Subhanahu has forgiven you indeed you have been forgiven SubhanAllah, so it's very, very reassuring. And there's another hadith that talks about this idea of uh, good deeds wiping away bad deeds. And this hadith is so powerful. It's so interesting because it specifically mentions that there are two qualities which uh, no Muslim person attains them, but he will enter paradise. And they are easy, but few of them actually do it. Uh, 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 that few people actually do them. And then, so uh, he mentioned that, khams uh, fi dubri Kulli salatin asharan asharan, wa asharan? that what you do is after each salah just 10 times say subhanallah 10 times alhamdulillah and 10 times allahu akbar right so now that's a total of 30 tasbihat right and there's 5 daily prayers so then that's 150 if you multiply 30 times uh, 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 5 right and then after that he says and then when before you go to bed 33 times say subhanallah 33 times say alhamdulillah and 34 times say allahu akbar very easy right before you sleep it only takes like what a minute or two or something like this very very quick It's not it's not difficult now At this point, you've made 250. And then the Prophet says, what? Because every deed is multiplied by 10, right? He says, فَأَيُّكُمْ يَعْمَلُ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمٍ وَلَيْلَةٍ أَلْفَيْن وَخَمْسَ مِئَةً سَيِّئَةَ Which of you in one single day and night commits 2,500 mistakes? 2,500, right? So you have 150 and then plus the 100, right? You got 250 and then multiplied by 10. So which one of you does 2,500 sins during the day? And then the answer is that, you know, yeah, maybe I look at something I shouldn't look at, maybe look at, maybe I say something I shouldn't say, but ultimately like 2,500, it seems like quite a bit. And so inshallah ta'ala, the idea is what? That this will cover over. And so the Prophet is saying very few people actually do this, but subhanAllah, how beautiful is it that you have this opportunity in front of you to have the tasbih, the subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha, and especially just 10, 10, 10, right? SubhanAllah, 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 that's 10. How fast was that? And then same thing with Alhamdulillah, same thing with Allahu Akbar. It takes no time whatsoever. It's so quick. And yet if you're consistent with it, subhanAllah, inshallah, this is a shield that will protect you of your sins. May Allah except accept from us. mean. Final portion of the hadith, insha'Allah, nasa, That and that you should treat people in a good behavior. Now there's so many Hadith about good behavior and having good morals. sallallahu an yudhila nas al jannah that the Prophet was asked, What is the thing that enters people into paradise the most? And he said, That fear of Allah and good character. And then he was asked, what is the thing? What is the thing that enters the people into the hellfire the most? And what did he say? the mouth and uh, the mouth and the private parts in other words if you can control your tongue and what you say and stop backbiting and, and, and saying ugly things and if you can control your sexual desires then you are ahead of the you're ahead of the masses you are way ahead of the rest subhanallah these are the two things that if you can have control over your tongue and control over your sexual desires then subhanallah you are uh, you know light years ahead of everybody else this is the these are the two things that the vast 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 majority of people do not have control over so, furthermore, the Prophet says what? Indeed, I have only been sent to perfect good moral character. That this is the purpose of Nubuwa. This is the purpose of sending prophets and messengers to perfect people's character, obviously with Allah, with uh, themselves, with mankind, and so on and so forth. Furthermore, the Prophet says what? Though the, the, the believers who are the most complete in their Iman are those who are the best in character. The Prophet also says, what a beautiful hadith That the believer just through his good character Can reach the level of somebody who stands all night in prayer And spends all day fasting can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody standing all night in prayer and spending every single day fasting? And can you imagine somebody who's like, yeah, I don't do none of that, <laughs> you know? I mean, I do my basics, but I am just i just have good character. I'm just a nice person. I'm just kind. I'm, I'm considerate. I, I care about other people. And then subhanAllah, they're getting the ajr of somebody who uh, is doing all of this. And obviously we know that when it comes to the qualities of nifaq, when it comes to the qualities of hypocrisy, you almost always find near the top some of the most clear and obvious examples of nifaq is what? Bad character. So clearly the opposite is true, that being a believer implies, inshallah, to a good character. Now to summarize, because I want to close up and inshallah we'll open up for comments and questions, just a quick summary. You can see these three points as Allah's rights, the rights, your own rights, and then humanity creation's rights. And so what do I mean by this? it's really quite beautiful that number one, think about Allah's rights don't cross Allah's boundaries have taqwa of Allah know what Allah's boundaries are stay within the boundaries and you're good to go ittaqillah hithma kunt wherever you are, no matter what condition you are even if you're traveling abroad hey nobody's around, I'm not from my hometown people don't know me here right? and that's that happens a lot when you're traveling and you don't know anybody you think, I could behave, behave in any way I mean nobody's gonna know, right? So you you get this sort of overconfident uh, Or shaitan whispers to you These waswas that encourage you to do evil Doesn't matter where you are Allah. Always remember Allah's rights upon you Then don't forget your own rights You're going to fall short You're going to make mistakes But when you make mistakes Don't give up on yourself Don't embrace the worst qualities that you have Always prove to yourself That you're a good person So that your guilt doesn't crush you because obviously if you embrace your evil, then you're going to find that the, the, the guilt is going to overcome you and weigh down heavily upon you. If you follow up with a good deed, every time you do a bad deed, if you follow up with a good deed, you make righteousness the overwhelming theme of your life. And perhaps the easiest example I could give of this Have you guys ever heard the expression, don't go to bed angry? Don't go to bed angry? Have you heard this? And the idea is that this is usually advice given to couples, right? People get married and then, you know, usually people that are older, they say, let me give you some advice, young man, young woman, let me explain to you. Try not to go to bed angry. Whatever you do, don't go to bed angry. What's the idea here? That... Even if you go through your day and good things happen, bad things happen, before you go to bed at night, make sure that if there's something negative in your heart, sit down with your spouse, talk it out, and make sure that you guys, you know, smooth it over, understand each other, hear each other out, get, get it all out so that, you know, you're not, you're not holding something in your heart till the next day, right? This is very sound advice, by the way, and anybody, who's married old or young should try to do this as much as possible try to clear the air and make sure everything is understood and everybody has you know can can move on and then then you can wake up fresh inshallah ta'ala don't hold grudges for days, weeks, months and it's just poison and uh, subhanallah just eats away at the, the relationship and the kids get affected it's just a mess so it's much better to sit down and express yourself and so that if that's true within couples think about it for your own self think about it from just a purely personal perspective if you're doing evil deeds right it's as if that's that sort of poison is inside of you, that guilt is building inside of you this feeling that you're not worthy, that you're evil, that you're a wretched human being the guilt is crushing over top of you if you tell yourself, listen, I know I did a mistake but let me follow up with something good let me make some dua, let me make istighfar let me, uh, you know, take a few dollars, put it in the masjid say, ya Allah, I know I made a mistake, ya Allah, forgive me let me do something so that every night I'm going to bed I'm going to bed feeling like the theme of my life is not overwhelming guilt and overwhelming uselessness and, and, and wickedness. Rather, the overwhelming theme of my life is that even when I make mistakes, I follow up real quick with good. So that, that's the theme. That's how I know, that's how, that's how I identify myself. So when you, and then the third one is, be kind to others, have good character. And when you look at all three, you realize that when you protect the rights of Allah, and when you also stop doing zulm and evil against yourself and protect your own rights, and when you also do right by others and honor their rights as well, you will earn, inshallah ta'ala, the love of Allah. You will have self-love and actually be happy and content with yourself, and you will be somebody who is loved by the people as well. So this hadith, I hope you guys can see how when it comes together as a package, it's really beautiful. So, just to, re- just to close off, let's remember this beautiful advice and let's give it to ourselves and others, inshallah. Ittaqillah haiithumakunt. Fear Allah wherever you are. ال- uh- 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 الحسنة, tamhuha. Follow up an evil deed with a good deed so that it'll wipe it away. And then finally, wa khalliqin nasi bi hasan, that, uh, uh, treat people with, uh, good character. May Allah Ta'ala make us of people of taqwa. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who always follow up evil with good. And may Allah Ta'ala make us of those people of good character. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. So, um, ta'ala khairan. Inshallah, we'll open up for comments and questions. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi